they adopt the Declaration on the Establishment of the Authority of the People at the behest of Gaddafi, and this dissolves the Libyan Arab Republic and replaces it with the Great Socialist People's Libyan Arab uh, Jamaharia. Um, and, and Dude, Jamaharia. I, got, I just bought some new Jamaharias. <laughs> I'm about to say, I got a pair of 95 Jamaharias. Yeah, the fucking, I think they're Asics, right? Asics <laughs> Jamaharias. Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve, along with the other Steve. Yo. And Ryan. What the hell? Did you just pull the whole top off of a can? <laughs> nah, it's a bottle. Is, it, is that a Hawaiian milk bottle or whatever? Is that a pog that just landed on your... Uh... <laughs> no, I got a Hawaiian... A the worst beer in existence left over from Cinco de Mayo that I have to get through. Oh, it's a, uh, what's yeah. called Modelo night, huh? <laughs> it could be a lot. Modelo, Modelo, Tecate. Tecate, oh man. Tecate tastes good when you first get it. And then like a day later, it's like, what did I do? If it is one degree above like 50, it's disgusting. Yeah, it just goes away. Oh man. Speaking, speaking of uh, Mexican beers, we're going to finish our series on <laughs> Muammar Gaddafi um, picking up where we left off last time um, in, in 1973 Hey, how do you write Chad in Arabic? <laughs> how do you write Chad in Arabic? Yeah, it's, you I might, don't know this, this square-jawed motherfucker here you There's might, probably Muslims in Chad the country Yeah, so, Chad, you know, Chad is a predominantly Muslim country I bet you can find it pretty quick It's probably just Chad the chad gaddafi well uh chad it looks like it's pronounced in arabic as uh it's like t-s-a-d but there's like an accent mark over the s so it might be like a like a ch sound like that's a a, uh that's a tisad sound yeah (laughs) like it's it's an aspirated uh it's an aspirated sad yeah (laughs) sad um, so when we last left off, you know, Gaddafi has has started this popular revolution. Um, he, he sort of followed in the footsteps of his um, of of his uh, role model idol Nasser, and he has taken over the government of Libya. He's kicked out the monarchy. He's made remarkable improvements to the daily lives of most Libyans, um, with a caveat um, that the control of his like junta, which he is predominantly the the leader of, um, is is continually, you know, being more and more repressive. Mm-hmm. Um, on April 16th of 1973, um, Gaddafi proclaims the start of a popular revolution, um, and he initiates this with a, with a five-point plan that he lays out, where the first point is that he's going to dissolve all existing laws in Libya, and they're going to be replaced by revolutionary enactments. No laws? Fuck yeah! It's just a, a white quaocracy. White clock, white boy summer. <laughs> the white boy summer of 1973. Jesus every time Christ. I see, every time I see like a douchebag in Orlando walking around, like especially like the addicts that are near the hospital and like all that stuff, I'm like, just white boy summer. <laughs> Wouldn't this Come, be Arabic boy summer? 
coming out of the woods with like paintball equipment that he just huffed so he could do whippets. White boy summer. <laughs> North North African summer. Um, the the second point of his five point plan is that they're going to remove all the opponents of the revolution. Um, the third is that there will be an administrative revolution um, that would sort of just remove all traces of bureaucracy and the bourgeoisie from Libyan society. All right, let's back up real quick, because I feel like you glossed over the point, specifically the second point, where all opponents had to be removed. Bro, you can't... We'll we, 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 we we'll get to that. A, there, we'll, we'll talk about point two more in depth than the other ones. You know, okay. Ryan in uh, in Robert Greene's seminal work, The Forty Eight Laws of Power. <laughs> it, I believe, it's Law Nine or somewhere around there, where it's crush your enemies totally. I feel like okay, so I may be wrong. <laughs> you gotta get this rid of like, them and grind them into dust, Ryan, or else this is like one of those things. They're not like, gonna. Yeah. Some stuff happened, there was a night of long knives, and then Hitler came into power. Like, you just kind of gloss over some really important stuff there, I feel like. I don't know. Well, it th- this will sort of, like, this is just him, like, this is his rough draft. We'll, we'll get to his actual, you know, like, body of work. This is this is just him, his, like, free-form jazz this of... Is, oh, <laughs> this is his, this is his jazz CV. <laughs> this is his freestyle writing, okay. His cur- his curriculum vitae uh, de Thelonious Monk. His, his, his slam poetry <laughs> yeah. uh, reading. Um, the, and the we've fourth- got to remove the enemies. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the the fourth point is that they're gonna they're gonna form what are called people's committees, um, and that these people's committees would be armed to defend the revolution. Um, and the and the fifth is, is the proclamation of a uh, a cultural revolution within uh, Libyan uh, society to expunge uh, foreign influences from Libya, um, which he considered to be poisonous. Um, and if you know anything else from modern I history, that. that's kind of uh, a problem map right there. Uh, cultural revolution is, is not really something that has a lot of like a good track record as a as a term of public program. Yeah, no, and poisonous foreign influences. No, say that again. It's... I zoned out. What'd you say? <laughs> he he says that they're going to start a cultural revolution to get rid of all foreign influences in Libyan society. And that's not a good starting point, is what you said after that. Yeah, so it's, it's okay. like in China, you know, where they're just smashing. Okay. Like statues and like just de- destroying like defacing monasteries and stuff. What he's saying is he wants to make Libya great again. That's it. Yeah. Oh. He's right, gonna make right, Libya right, great right. again, Steve, and the Italians are gonna pay for it. That's right. That's right. We did. <laughs> we did. We all moved out. They they eventually do. Ber- Berlusconi makes some agreements with him in the two thousands. Yeah. Um. In, in exchange for a seventeen year old. <laughs> Well, and, and, and also to curtail... What, uh, you don't Mike, know that about Berlusconi? Yeah, Ber- he was He Berlus- was basically, like, shamed out of office for, like, banging an 18-year-old or something. He used to have massive uh, orgies uh, regularly, and his, like, favorite prostitute was a 17-year-old. And uh. she became, like, this, like, this tabloid fixation, and she was, like, the downfall of his, like, incredibly corrupt and incompetent administration. Like, we're talking about corruption, like... Maduro, like crazy corruption. I just had to crack another one for that. Um, so, uh, Gaddafi sort of forms these uh, general people's committees um, in order to uh, raise what he considers to be the political consciousness of 
of Libya. And these are sort of like a Soviet-style system where they're just sort of these committees. He doesn't really like tell them how to set up. He just has them set them up. Um, if, if you remember from when we talked about Trotsky, that the, the Soviets just kind of form. They're, they're just sort of like trade unions and stuff that, that sort of form into bodies. The majority of these are formed around schools and colleges. Um, and so what they would usually do was they would vet the staff and the and sort of like the courses of the schools and the textbooks to make sure that they were in line with Gaddafi's new like revolutionary program. Okay. Okay, sounds about right. Southern U.S., get it, got it, good. <laughs> um, and so they, they, it this sort of causes a large, uh, a high percentage of the public being involved in the government, um, but but it's still controlled by the RCC, which is that uh, revolutionary uh, council that, that Gaddafi is the head of that's still sort of ruling the country at this time. Um, so and this is still sounding less like a revolution for the people more than Gaddafi saying, hey, guys, have a revolution, but you're still under me. Like, I'm still the important one here. It's it's kind of like a stupid communist revolution in that where, like, communism has, like, an actual, like, set-down ideology and, like, system of, like, what they need to do, whereas Gaddafi is just sort of making it up as he goes along, and he doesn't have an actual, like, political party that believes in him. It's more of, like, a cult of personality around him that he builds up. Okay. So he doesn't really have, you know, say, like, the, like, the RCC, like, are with him, but it's not, like, the standing committee of the Politburo or anything like that. They're not people who are, like, vetted to this ideology, that have risen up through the ranks. They're just other, like, dipshit officers that were with him when they decided they were going to throw over the government and did. Okay. Also sounds uh, very familiar. So, these, these committees also sort of uh, surveil on people, um, and, and they sort of report people who are critical of the RCC, and one of the things that, that happens well, as well... Well, who the fuck else would they report? Like, supporters? Like, that, well, isn't that what they're they're there to do, basically? To surveil well, and, like, reveal, like, enemies? Well, well, originally, they're, they're, they're just supposed to be, you know, like, like, leading things. They're not supposed to be, you know, like, the, the Informers League. Let me stop real, real quick for a second. I don't want to come off like a douchebag right here. Uh, I really don't understand. Like, they're surveilling people are they just trying to get everyone in line or is there like well their their job is is essentially like they're 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 setting up all the courses they're they're okay. sort of like making sure that that this sort of like revolutionary program is being carried out but on the side they're also telling like the police like yeah i don't know about this guy like he doesn't like it's it's sort of like a mission creep they're expressly not supposed to be like like you know reporting on their neighbors but they're also part of their job is to report on their neighbors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why is this so fucking confusing? No, no, so he just said he just said it perfectly. It's like they weren't supposed to be reporting on their neighbors. It's not like their actual mission, but the mission creep takes in, and now they're reporting on their neighbors. And they're they're also doing this for a lot of the same reasons. Like for instance, East Germany, like the Stasi itself had had like most of its personnel were not actually doing the surveilling. It was the majority of the population of East Germany was essentially snitching on each other throughout the entire its entire existence. Oh, the the bro, same bro. system is sort of <laughs> developing in in Libya, where people who want to get in good with the regime, and the same thing happened in like Nazi Germany. The Gestapo operated on the same sort of like setup. Guess that, who? 
is that Gestapo. People, people people tell them who to investigate. The the Gestapo is not like the US police that like actively like patrol around and look for crime. Like they they get told like so and so says this person was listening to like jazz music, so we gotta right, go which, look into it. Right, which leads to a lot of deaths. Yeah. Uh, and like roundups, maybe even of people who didn't deserve it. You know I mean? Yeah, and, and it's also sort of a way for Excuse me, I just I just kind of implied someone in World War II deserved to die to the Gestapo, and I did not mean to say that. What I meant was somebody who was like under the radar and like their neighbor just didn't like their souffle or something and said, you know, just called the Gestapo, like, hey Gestapo, yeah, yeah, this is Hans. Listen. Uh Fraulein oh. Becker next door. Real cunt. That, that, to the jazz that, records. that totally happened all the time. There, there, there's right, like, exactly. That's what I yeah. mean. Like, there's like this secondary like reporting system for people who are at equal danger of being just rounded up for whatever you know. Also, listen, I Jews have hangnail. Get that lady. Listen, you guys are like severely underestimating how fast the average American will snitch. Have you seen the first forty-eight? Like. Yeah, I like, mean, like, I'm okay. Like, snitching is happening immediately well, the, as soon the, as there any kind of pressure. Well, the guy, the guy that Mindhunter is based on, his essentially thing, like, his, like, he's sort of seen as this like genius of like finding serial killers, but like the greatest like deterrent to finding serial killers is like the local police, because his whole thing is that like you profile the serial killer and you put out all the information to the public because the public are going to look for these people and they're just going to be con- continually snitching on anyone that matches these characteristics. Right. And most eventually people you're gonna f- will, most people will snitch like right away. Like it, they'll stay snitch on everything. And, and you'll eventually find the guy. But the problem is that local police, you know, it's, it's almost like, like in movies, it's exactly the same where they're just like, just like, yeah, we can't let out that there's a serial killer around, you know, people freak out. Like we can't, we can't let this out. And then he just goes on killing because the local police are like, no, nah, I can't let this get out. It's going to make us look bad. People are going to freak out. Like that. And also the proliferance of not talking to other departments as well. Yeah, that too. Um, one of, one of the things that happens as well is that one of his designs of setting up these people's committees is that it sort of destroys the traditional power structure in Libyan society because there's a lot of like sort of tribal uh, tribal groups and, and loyalties mm-hmm. um, and, and regional loyalties and, and sort of like hierarchies. And by just sort of like tearing down that system and instituting this like ad hoc Soviet style system in, in the original like Soviet sense. Um, he's sort of like eroded their power, and this makes them mad at him. Um, and it also increases Gaddafi's control over the state. Uh, yeah. And yeah. in um, and in June of 1973 as well, um, Gaddafi begins creating his political ideology um, called the uh, the Popular Revolution Third International Theory. Um, and this is what he he sort of lays down this ideology that he views the U.S. and the Soviet Union as being imperialist powers, um, which which they are. I'm about to um, say, prove me wrong. Yeah, and then he, <laughs> he, also, he also, in this, rejects, um, conversely with that, that um, he rejects Western capitalism and Marxist-Leninism. What about Eastern capitalism? About that? <laughs> Is he okay with that? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, Gaddafi, he, he sort of props up nationalism, um, which, which this is like sort of like a fascistic bent to it, where he, he says, like, nationalism is a progressive force. 
and he wants to create um, again. This what is he? A fucking thing. idiot? What is he like? The dumbest person on earth? Nationalism is a progressive force. <laughs> I mean, you have to be sucking from a tailpipe for thirty years well, to think his... nationalism is a progressive <laughs> force. Well, it's, in in his mindset, it's it's just sort of the idea that the Arab peoples need to band together in order to kick the Western um, and and foreign like imperialists out of the Middle East. I right. think stretching the definition as so tightly he, as you could say it. And again, so and he again wants Steve, to there's, there's a reason why people don't take Gaddafi like seriously. Like like you're sort of saying like it's it's stupid, but yeah, it's stupid because it's Gaddafi. Okay. Like, say, like oh, no one no I, I no one's saying that. like like yeah this this is this is that good shit. Look, like, Steve, I work with the material you give me. Okay, I didn't know that. Right. I'm just saying. Well, <laughs> you have the barest sliver of any sort of a chance here. Maybe he just meant for just specifically for Libyans. It would be progressive for Libyans to get full. Well, you just you just defined you just defined nationalism. Thanks. I did. I didn't want to get into it, but one one of the reasons, and I don't I don't really go into this much for time, but. Part of his agreements with Berlusconi was to stem uh, illegal immigration from Africa into Italy because Libya was like a stepping off point. So and, he helped the Italians with the Africans. Well, and and Gaddafi even says that he doesn't want Europe's like culture like like destroyed. Like he doesn't want to see a black Europe was essentially what he says. Yeah. Oh. Um, so anyways, um, Gaddafi also <laughs> feels that Islam is an important part of his ideology. And he wants to have like a revival of Islam, but not in an Islamist sense. Um, he wants he rejects all like scholarly interpretations of Islam and the Hadith. Um, so he sort of wants to return to a very like primitive form of the Quran. Just so everyone so, knows, the Hadith is the teachings and sayings of the Prophet. Yeah, like, there, there's a lot of Hadiths, and a lot of the times when people talk about, like, what crazy conservatives talk about, like, how, like, terrible Muslims are, and, like, look at look at these rules they have for women and what, what can be done in society. Right. Most of those are the Hadith. Yeah, they're not, it's not actually in the Quran. The Quran's got its questionable things, just yeah, like any other book, but, but... But just like the Bible. The, yeah, the, yeah, I'll say just like the Bible, the Quran has some very questionable stuff. I got I got mixed fabric on right now, dude. I'm waiting for someone to come come test me. Uh, yeah, Steve, I'll, I'll be over later to stone you to death. Yeah, but I don't believe anybody's been stoned for wearing mixed fabric recently. So say, um, the touch, the feel of cotton, the fabric of our lives. You better not be wearing polyester, boy, because I swear to God. Um, so. The Islamic scholars are like most <laughs> most like Libyan clerics are not happy with this because he's essentially saying like we we have to throw out like it would be like if somebody said like yeah we got to throw out everything about Christianity that isn't from like the original Bible. Okay, fucking YOLO, bro. They what what kind of demented Christianity have these idiots like? Transform the religion into. Recently. We could do a. We could do an episode about that, but I feel like it's too problematic. Like, but yeah, the Bible there, has the Bible's twisted as shit, especially because there, the there, vast there's a lot majority of, of interpretation. Um, I, I would argue most of it for the better. Um, yes, that is true. But the vast majority of the world works off of the King James Bible, which is not academic. Yeah, that right there. That's the problem. And um, vast, the vast majority of Christianity. Like, if you talk to a Christian in Florida, the odds are that they have a King James Bible app on their iPhone. 
<laughs> not only that, the odds are that they would be one of the one that Jesus, were he to actually come back, would probably be one of the ones flipping the table and hitting him with the whip. Well, the goal, the goal the is, is that these people. the goal is, is that if Jesus comes back, we're all fucked. <laughs> you know, like nobody's actually working with the swords material anymore. It's no, like I, completely I ridiculous. That, like, first in line, the people who you know use his name to and to to blasphemy it, and to also use his name like to to make money, things like that. Like I don't know what it, the, the technical name for that is. Um, the money changers in the temple. <laughs> the, the fucking grifters. You feel me? <laughs> yeah. You mean um, like the Joel Olsteins of the world? Oh my god, he's so fucked. Steve, oh god, let me ask why? you a question to get us back on topic here. If Do you think Joel Olstein, if he was motivated, could pull Gaddafi? Probably not. He's I don't think he has the following. military training. He's got a lot of money. I mean, he could probably just call up uh, DeVos' brother. But the, the Chad Gaddafi Prince. didn't have money, you know. he Just just him and seven other men, or five other, six other men. That's all it took to overrun Libya, huh? Yeah. Seven chats. Seven, oh, yeah. seven chats, and the other the other soldiers just saw his just saw his uh, rugged good looks, and they're just like, we have to follow this man. This guy's fucking hot. This this guy <laughs> this guy has at least one Stacy in his. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a minute, are we gonna get to his private harem this episode? Well, well, I'm we'll sorry, his, of... his his bodyguards. Jeez, what the fuck? It is his harem. No, it's okay. Uh, you just used anime terms. Um. <laughs> so from it. So. Starting in 73 through 74, um, he, he sort of uh, adds more Sharia law bits into the legal code, um, and he introduces uh, flogging um, for those who commit adultery. It's my um, least favorite also, serial, by the way, and, Sharia and, law bits. And, and also people, um, also for homosexuals. Flogging, oh, for, flogging um, for homosexuals? For being gay and committing, yeah. Adultery. If you're like like so, sodomy yeah. laws, like all right. So anyway, I just want to go back to the progressive nationalism. So um, so from seventy five to seventy nine, uh, Gaddafi sort of compiles his ideology into three books, um, which comprise what's referred to as the Green Book. Um, so so volume one sort of talks about democracy um, and, and sort of outlines the flaws with the system. Um, and, and sort of states like why his like direct democracy system he wants to build is better. Um, so it's like a Jehovah's Witness showing up at your front door. It's like kind of. Did you know Jesus wasn't born in winter? Did you know that? That's like the first thing they start off with. You know? Did you know Christ wasn't born on December twenty fifth? Yeah, no shit, asshole. Why don't you while you're while you're getting out? Can you get my newspaper? Fuck off. <laughs> The um the the second one um is, is sort of Gaddafi's beliefs uh, with socialism, um and the third was about sort of like the family and the tribe. Look at it like Star Wars. The first one, meh, it's good. It sets the basis. The second one, everybody likes. It's got a little couple problems, but everybody pretty much likes it. Yeah. Third one, overwhelmingly positive, but the problems are real big problems, especially like his his ideas of black people, very problematic. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about comparing Gaddafi's Green Book version or entries to the original Star Wars to trilogy. the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. So the <laughs> the first two volumes uh, they they sort of they sort of call for like a radical reform of society. Steve, hold, hold on a second. I'm gonna lose my train of thought. I need to. <laughs> I need to start a new text file here for this episode. Oh, episode forty-eight. Star Wars Gaddafi style. <laughs> All right. Continue. 
<laughs> but the the third book is very uh, very conservative. Um, so while it does state, you know, that men and women are are supposed to be equals in society, it does state that they are biologically designed for different roles. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so, it's, so it's very much the bio truths of of Muammar Gaddafi. <laughs> Which, as we always discuss, it, it has that basis in reality. So, like, it makes sense, and we almost want to say, yeah, it's totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it just veers wildly off course, and you're just like, no, what? No. Jesus Christ, stop. Right. And it starts with just biology, which is fine. There's, you know, male and female, whatever. And then he just goes insane. Wildly off the rails. Yeah. In, um, in, in 1975, um, he declares that there will be a state monopoly on foreign trade. Um, meaning that the state is the only one who can who can sort of like um, control imports and exports. Okay, that makes sense. He's a totalitarian. Um, so people in Libya are not happy with this because he has he's sort of come in. Um, he's sort of like eliminated the merchant class by by not allowing them to do their their business that they've been doing, and he's also spending as as you'll remember from last episode a large amount of like the the oil revenue the country's bringing in on, on sort of like every terrorist group that, that sort of comes to him hat in hand. Steve, if you want to get a revolution going, bro, you got to gotta break some eggs, you know? I mean, you can't sit around for 30, 40 years wondering if you're going to crack the egg, you know? Just got to crack uh, that shit. So that start, by them horns. Starting, starting in uh, Eliminating the merchant class sounds like a terrible idea, like, from the get-go. Like if you if your country, it's like saying Steve. It worked wonders for Jamaica, where where (laughs) Michael Michael Manley, the the I believe he's the prime minister of Jamaica, essentially told the middle class of Jamaica, like if you don't like it, you can leave, and they did, and it destroyed Jamaica's (laughs) economy. (laughs) It's like it's rule number one if you're even semi intelligent that the first thing you do if you come into power is don't eliminate the financial aspect of power. Like, why would you do that? Like, it makes yeah. no sense. Well, Especially he's, in he's, fucking Libya. Well, you have to remember, Steve, he's eliminating these minor financial aspects of society and, like, almost, like, think of it like in mafia terms. He's moving in on, on other territory. Thanks he controls for speaking my oil. language, buddy. <laughs> he, he controls other areas of the economy. He's just bringing everything under his control because nominally, even though this is under the state, um, this is mostly so Gaddafi can live in like opulence. Ah, uh, I get it. That makes sense. Because right. Gaddafi, towards the end of his life, like he was like having like like J Lo like come out and perform for his family and like in like private sessions. Like, like my that man was... used to look so. He used to project such an air of opulence that he would make early two thousands rappers jealous. Like, holy shit, that dude's got money. So yep. starting starting in 1974, um, which is the first actual like attack on the government by 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 sort of um, elements of, of civilian society, um, there there begins to become more opposition to Gaddafi, um, and eventually two members of the RCC, um, Omar Mahisi and Bashir Zakir Al Hawadi, um, they begin planning a coup against Gaddafi. Um, but Gaddafi finds out about this in 75. Steve, um, let me stop you right there. I've known one Bashir in my life. He was great. He was this guy who worked at a gas station up the street from my house when I was in high school, and he sold cigarettes to us when we were 13 years old. He was the greatest. He got you deported, by the way. Two Bashirs. Or two Bashirs. That was, 
That that was like the guy at the local like bodega I, in my do hometown. Do I know another Bashir? That you would definitely uh, know another Bashir. That would he was a Russian man and he would sell my my friend alcohol underage. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we would we would joke that back home in in like Russia. He he lived in his family at like a mansion, and there was like a portrait of my friend on the wall because of all that like alcohol he bought from him. <laughs> just... So the these two members of the RCC they 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 flee to Egypt and they receive exile. Um, they they receive uh, asylum in Egypt, um, and so at, in the aftermath of that, there's only five RCC members still around. Um, and, and so the power becomes more and more concentrated in Gaddafi's hands, and then he officially abolishes the RCC in March of 1977. Oh, um, and, and he just sort of takes their roles. That's a problem. In September of 1975, um, he purges the army. He has around 200 senior officers arrested. Um, and then he also, in October of 1975, um, he founds the Office of the Security of the Revolution which is the secret police of Libya. Uh-oh. In, in April of 1976, um, he calls upon uh, people who, like, believe in his cause as revolution um, to found revolutionary student councils in universities and have them drive out, quote-unquote, reactionary elements um, from the universities. So this begins these sort of like student demonstrations that break out in the universities where you have these anti-Gaddafi um, student groups that protest and then the pro-Gaddafi students and the police come and like literally like fight them. I was going to say, do they just not arrest these kids like immediately? Oh, oh they do, but um, they, there's like street fights like the like. Ah, uh, OK. Um, and, and so there, there are these. uh um, mass arrests, and in order to sort of deal with this, the RCC um, introduces um, compulsory national service for young people, meaning that they get conscripted. Yeah. And um, I, I have very mixed feelings on that, too, but yeah. In in January of 1977, um, Gaddafi has two, um, two dissenting students um, and a group of army officers publicly hanged. And this is this is the first instance of um, political prisoners being publicly executed in in Libya. So I mean, okay. So what was? Did they actually have like legitimate crimes deserving of capital punishment? Well, they don't like Gaddafi. They're not on the programs. That's why they have to be eliminated. That's what I'm saying. Like they didn't actually do anything, right? Like he didn't even try to cloak this in an air of. Oh, they committed murder. Oh, I'm, they committed well, treason. I, I'm I'm sure there's some like like the show trials. Like I'm sure there's some like trumped up charges. Like like they're working with like foreign foreign agents. They might have secretly been a Jew. I don't know. Like just just something they sort of build up that like they're they're working with the enemies of the state. So we have to eliminate them. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um. So. Uh, there there he's also receiving a lot of um a lot of kickback from. Or I should say, opposition from from clerics, um, and also from the the Muslim Brotherhood, um, a, a favorite like hobby horse of conservatives in America today, um, which is originally from Egypt. Um, they're they're sort of active in the area, um, and they they they're sort of not happy with Gaddafi moving 
um, sort of this like pseudo Marxist society, and also his attacks on um, on, on sort of like Islamic tradition. Um, and they also claim that his abolition of private property um, is against the uh, the Sunna, which which is sort of like Islamic law. Yeah, and um, so well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where to begin. I I feel like the green book that he wrote addressed that. That like it's in direct conflict with Yasuna. Yeah, because yeah, that's that that's sort of where their their initial issue is is that he essentially says that the green book is on the same level as as the Quran and the Sunnah, and he's he's essentially like throwing out the Hadith, so he's already like yeah. So he's trying to create his own religion. His yeah, it, will. and and they're not they're not happy. Like imagine in America today, if like if like Joe Biden, which as it would be even more comical if he did it. And he was like he's like, listen here, Mac, I got my got my new book. It's it's as good as the Bible. Like <laughs> do, like the like the amount of like uproar that would come from conservative America. I'm um, sorry. Did you wait? Okay. Conservative America would be upset about a guy who says that his book is as good as the Bible, but they wouldn't be upset as a guy who who signed a literal Bible or wanted well, to swear in to the office of the presidency. We know it's like it's wrote. like a fa- we know right it's like a family Bible. So he's just sort of saying that he's part of America's family because you know Trump is so strong on family values as we know from his uh, marital um, record. Um, yeah, yeah. So, in, in response to this, extremely Christian. In oh, in response yeah. to this, um, Gaddafi has all the Islamic colleges and universities in Libya shut down. Are oh, they going to say like lit on fire or something? <laughs> His <In> general Sherman. <laughs> he, he makes them into the Gaddafi fun zone. Gaddafi fun zone. No hadith. They just like hand no out hadith. like copies of the Green Book and. Is there a hadith you're currently following? Not at Gaddafi fun zone. <laughs> so it's as you all remember that Gaddafi had a had a good relationship with Nasser because he sort of idolized Nasser, and right. Nasser just saw Gaddafi as just being this like very idealistic, like naive, like young man. Um, his relationship with Nasser's successor Anwar Sadat is not very good. Um, right. Sadat is 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 pretty much a realist. Um, is that the guy that still runs Egypt? Why does that name sound so funny? No, An- Anwar wow. Sadat is assassinated in the 80s by the Muslim Brotherhood. <laughs> I think uh, the guy running Egypt right now, that's uh, Jeff, comedian Jeff Proops. From, uh, <laughs> that is uh, CC. <laughs> CC is the one that currently runs uh, Egypt. God, you just unlock some whose line is it anyway memories. Jesus uh, Christ. I know, right? <laughs> Memory unlocked. <laughs> There was that fucking game show he did for a while too. I can't. Re- I can never remember the name of it. Anyway, Gaddafi was never on the game show. Because so. you Gaddafi have to remember. Do you have to remember Libya and Egypt during this period are kind of in like, uh, cahoots, like like an alliance of of sorts. Steve, like, just like, use the word cahoots. I know you don't want to, yeah. but honestly, if you don't, a certain section of it's, our it's listenership, a legally it's a legally distinct term, Steve. It is. Yeah. It is uh, actually. I believe the Latin for it is ad cahutum. So, um, so Sadat doesn't <laughs> like Gaddafi. He thinks Gaddafi is too unpredictable, um, and he also doesn't like the fact that Gaddafi thinks that Sadat should do the same thing in Egypt 
that Gaddafi is doing in Libya. Is Gaddafi like the? Oh wow! So I mean, that's like a slap across Gaddafi's face, right? Because Gaddafi seems to be like a seems to consider himself rather like a messianic figure. Yeah, and he's just like you know, you too should be like yeah. carrying out this Everyone like cultural revolution like, like I me. am. Go America, kill industry completely. Get rid of industry. What book so, are you guys using? Constitution? Get rid of. Get Do rid other of. thing. Do Green nope. Book. And make Green Book good. It's like Charlie Day. <laughs> the Democratic choice is the right choice for Philadelphia. So do the um. In, for instance, in in 1973 in February, um, the Israeli. Oh, you're shoot- going back to 73 now, dude. We made it to 75. I thought we were in the 80s. I feel like we're not moving. <laughs> the, the Libyans in are Chad Gaddafi's uh, world. A, a Libyan airliner is shot down by the Israelis when it strays into uh, um, Israel's airspace. Um, and so Gaddafi wants to have an Egyptian submarine um, in response sink a, a a British chartered ship, um, the RMS Queen Elizabeth II, that is being chartered by American Jews to sail to Haifa for Israel's 25th anniversary. Man, that's a pretty specific uh, bow shot yeah. he wants to lay out. Yeah, listen, let's go through the fucking shit show of that was. So, okay, so Israeli army shoots down Libyan jet, which was in Egyptian an airliner. airspace. No, it was in Israeli Olivia, airspace. Okay. It, it went from, it, it got messed up in a sandstorm. It flew into Israeli airspace. Okay. It, okay. And the Israelis shot it down... Because remember, Libya is a nation that like wishes death on Israel at this okay, point. Okay, so still. Is, Israel shoots down a Libyan airliner. So then, Libya says, "I want you to target a British ship that's got American Jews." Like, come on, dude! You're, you're, you're yeah, <laughs> you try to do um, too much, man. <laughs> but but Sadat but Sadat stops this. Like he he tells Thank the Egyptian God. sub not to do it. Thank um, God. And and Gaddafi gets even more mad because. Um, when the Yom Kippur War is launched against Israel by Egypt and Syria, he's not like consulted about it, and he's not brought in on it. Why didn't um, they ask me? I would, I would tell them how to do. T- I am and, just leader of foreign country who has no stake, no skin in game. Why don't they ask me? Oh <laughs> shit! I forgot my keys. Shit! Wrong, wrong episode. Wrong episode. <laughs> he's Look, also. Omar, I don't want to get you upset at me or anything like that, but there's a little term we have in my country, and it's called Gaddafiing it up. All right, <laughs> but so he's he's mad about that, and he gets even more mad because Egypt eventually concedes when when Israel gains um, the initiative after after almost being defeated. Um, they they pretty much defeat Syria almost completely, um, and they almost come close to to doing the same to Egypt. Um, and so Gaddafi starts calling for um, Sadat to be overthrown. Okay. The the president of Sudan at that time, uh, Gafar uh, Nameri, um, he also takes Sadat's side um, in doing what he did, and Gaddafi also calls for him to be overthrown by the military. Um, and then too, um, when the when the Lebanese civil war kicks off, um, he he sort of ruins relations with Syria with Maxwell um, Klinger, and then in <laughs> and then as well um, in late seventy two and seventy in early seventy three. Uh, Libya invades its neighbor Chad in order to annex the um, 
the Alzu Strip, which is this area in northern Chad that is uh, very rich in uranium. I know okay. some northern Chads, and uh, yeah, they don't have any uranium, so. Gaddafi <laughs> <laughs> um, also. The internet uh, has ruined people, dude. It's just ruined our interpretation of language, you know? Like, you say oh Libya invades Chad, and I want to make a joke. Immediately. Well, well the yeah. face the face of the Chad meme guy is literally the shape of Chad. Perfect. Fantastic. <laughs> Fucking if made If you look my at night. his head, the reason why his head is shaped that way because that's what the nation of Chad looks like. Got it. Um <laughs> it's it's meta, bro. You wouldn't understand, bro. It's meta. That Gaddafi. is true, as far as me understanding. <laughs> Gaddafi also begins this program of funding um sort of like Islam throughout um, Africa um, in the 70s where he founds what's called the Islamic Call Society. Um, and he has 132 centers built across Africa um, oh, during shit. the 70s. Um, and they provide during that period um, of about $500 million in aid to African countries, uh, mainly uh, Zaire, which is today uh, the Congo, and Uganda. Are these countries that border Libya? They do not. They do not. Okay. Now I'm even uh, more, a little bit more impressed. And and he sort of like founds uh, joint venture companies um, in these countries to sort of like aid in their development. Um, I and, do not buy that. And he also, well, he also like, I, I kind of believe that Gaddafi wants to do this. Because remember, Gaddafi's sort of like end goal is to become like the king of Africa. Fair, but I really feel like he would be doing that for money. Um, no other reason. And, and Gaddafi also... Um, I think it's like a power move since he already has all the money because he's he's pretty much like the number one person benefiting from all the oil in Libya. Hmm. And and Gaddafi also um, seeks to reduce Israel's influence in Africa, and and he sort of bribes countries in Africa to break off diplomatic relations with Israel. Damn. Seems um, like that would be expensive, right? Well, he he doesn't care because remember he, it's it's like. You have a country's like oil wealth as your like personal like, like slush war fund. chest. You can just slush fund. <laughs> Imagine if you if the United States Treasury was your fucking personal slush fund. Like, I mean, it is right now. Money. I mean, you could take like one of those those uh, those loans out for the <laughs> for the COVID relief and pretty much <laughs> well, never pay it back. <laughs> and you, you have to remember too that like probably for the average Libyan, if like. If you're the average Libyan, like, it's like the average American, like, country you hate, the president is, like, if, like, Donald Trump was, like, I'm going to spend all this money against, like, China to get people to break off relations with China, like, the average Chud would be, like, clapping their hands and, like, hooting and oinking or whatever. They Um, would be clapping their Cheeto-stained forearms. And it's kind of the same, because you have to remember during this time period. Cheeto-stained forearms. I would, I would say like today that like the animosity in the in like sort of the Muslim world towards Israel is not as high as it was during this period, because you have to remember this is a period where Israel is like actively like clowning on every like major like Arab power in the world every time they try to invade it. Just fucking dunking all over them. I remember the yeah first like time every about, every like, time wars. <laughs> every time Israel gets invaded. By multiple nations, they win, and and they and a lot of times they get 
more land out of it too so it's even more infuriating i think it's hilarious honestly um and gaddafi will also form a, a close relationship with um with pakistan under the the Bhutto regime um and and they'll sort of exchange nuclear research which is important because remember pakistan is a nuclear power yep. um, and, and also give military assistance um, but this relationship is ended when uh, when Prime Minister um, Bhutto is is removed from power um, by General uh, Mohammad Zia Haq in 1977. Okay. Um, uh, Zia right. will rule. Zia rules Pakistan. Mohammad Got it. <laughs> yeah, Zia Zia rules until about like the 1989, I think, when his his plane blows up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this plane, uh, We're really getting somewhere with up. this with this rulership, man. We it's a good thing we, we have really our own know plane. The circumstances <laughs> of his death, but it is believed that it might have been a um, assassination. I don't know if you guys are watching my video, but his plane blew up. Yeah, no, I'm saying yeah. I didn't know you were there. I looked over and I thought I accidentally still had one of my shortwave videos open. <laughs> I was like, wait. Um, Gaddafi will also increase links with other North African. Um, countries in the 70s, which which just makes it even funnier because the two countries he announces that he's going to form um, a union with. One of them is Tunisia, um, but he says that they're going to form an, an Arab Islamic Republic. Um, but the the move is so unpopular in Tunisia that it's that it's abandoned. Um, and in response to this, Gaddafi. Sponsors, what are you doing? We don't want Jason Giambi. <laughs> Um, Gaddafi, Gaddafi funds and sponsors um, anti-government militants in Tunisia, um, what? well into the eighties. Um, what? And, and he also he also tries to establish ties to Algeria um, in order to counter what he says, quote unquote, Moroccan expansionism. Because during this period, the King of Morocco is is sort of like wants to form what he calls Greater Morocco. Um, and he's also come into conflict. So he wants to make Morocco great again. Well, he, he again. wants to re- he wants to return it to the old quote unquote old boundaries. Ah, uh, so he's a progressive nationalist. Got yes. it. You, yeah, you know the kind of guys. They got the red and, hats to say Uga. And, and one of his targets is the <laughs> Uga, is the Uga. nation of Western Sahara, which you can see it on a map. It used to the be desert? a Spanish colony, um, but the people there who are more closely. Um, they're like ethnically and culturally, they're more closer to Algerians. But Morocco says, like, no, you belong to us, um, and they officially control it today. Um, he funds the Western Saharan government, which is called the Polisario Front. Th- this will come okay. back up later when when you see one of his moves. Um, okay, so he okay, okay. Let's um, dumb that down for me real quick. He got he he threw a temper tantrum. Because he wanted Tunisia, which I understand the strategic importance of Tunisia. However, he wanted Tunisia to be, like, really buddy-buddy. And Tunisia was like, nah. So he was like, yo, Algeria, yo, fuck these dudes, bro. Like, what? let's be friends. Well, no, his, his, Algeria is kind of like his second choice. His, his response to Tunisia was to fund the people who want to yeah, overthrow okay. the government sorry, of Tunisia. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So that was his, like, that, that was his, like, sort of, like... Like He's you're not you're not gonna date me. I'm gonna fucking destroy you. Fucking um, incel, goddamn good. He went from Chad Gaddafi to incel Gaddafi. What a piece the of incel shit. guy. He's definitely and, not an incel because he's having a lot of sex. Definitely fucking not. I can't wait for his yeah. body guards. And, and um, 
Hey, get off <laughs> Gaddafi began sort of like diversifying uh, Libya's like portfolio by investing in European corporations such as Fiat and also buying real estate in Malta and Italy. Steve, um, you're giving me like this overseas kind of foreign, like uh, almost like pet project focused governor here. Uh, was he doing anything other than redistributing the investments for the Libyan people? Like, did he do no, you know anything for the Libyan people? He's them to his wallet. Well, no, I, we're, underst- we're, we're I do understand that. that. Okay. But, but that's, okay. remember, that's why people are mad at him, because he's focused oh, on all these grand projects. Right. That's why Tunisia told him to fuck off. Right. Like, he was going to put up a wall, I believe. But in, but in March 2nd... He was trying to get all the other people that weren't Libyan out of <laughs> Libya. But in, but in March 2nd, 1977, um, the, the General People's Congress, they adopt the Declaration on the Establishment of the Authority of the People at the behest of Gaddafi, and this dissolves the Libyan Arab Republic and replaces it with the Great Socialist People's Libyan Arab uh, Jamaharia. Um, and, and Dude, Jamaharia- I, got, I just bought some new Jamaharias. <laughs> I'm about to say, I got a pair of 95 Jamaharias yeah, in the closet. The fucking, like- <laughs> I think they're Asics, right? Asics Jamaharias. And <laughs> So the, the Jamaharia is sort of his like idealized state that he wanted to make in the Green Book. And in order to sort of cement it, the, the flag of Libya just becomes like a green flag. Okay. Right. When you say just a green flag, you mean it's just it's it's just a green fucking square? Yeah, it's a it's a green square rectangle. It would be a rectangle, but yes. Yes. <laughs> what what kind of fucking incel move is that? Uh my flag is gonna be the color green. Like, what? Why? 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 I like it. I don't want. I wish I was. I wish I was Irish. They they established. Remember, green is a green is a, a color associated with Islam. It's like the color yep. of Islam. I'm yeah, not. They, I'm not yeah. entirely sure why. The Pakistani revolutionary flag is green and white. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because yeah, Pakistan yeah. is an expressly like Muslim country. Right. Yeah, I understand that. Trust me, I like like literally like they're it. the Islamic Republic of yeah. Now I understand, dude. Yeah, I had I had a Muslim <laughs> girlfriend for like ten years. I understand. Um, so the the country itself is going to be ruled by um by these sort of uh, by my Muslim people's congresses <laughs> that basic basic people's congresses of Steve's ex girlfriends, uh, one hundred eighty seven of them. Um, uh, Jesus Christ. And and all adult Libyans will will sort of vote on on national decisions. Um, Gaddafi like makes this him, idea. Gaddafi makes himself the general secretary, um, although he eventually steps down in 1979 and appoints himself leader of the revolution. See now, this is how you know it has gone off the fucking rails. Is he's just creating fucking roles for himself. I'm the leader of the revolution. He's going to step down from leader of the revolution. I'm God of Libya. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hang on. Wait. L- let me let me make sure I get this right. I'm God of the great socialist people's Libyan Arab Jamaharia. Like, what? Come on, dude. Stop making shit up. Yeah. And if be you president think that's, and be done with it. If you think that's hard to pronounce, you should uh, you should look at the Arab pronunciation of that. Um, it's like it's, 39 it's extra characters long. long. <laughs> it's like 39 fucking characters. <laughs> I love um, long words. Well, although like most of the most of the power is officially vested in these congresses, um, most of the power obviously lies in Gaddafi and, and a few people around him. 
Um, debate is is limited within these congresses, um, and major decisions. How so? The, like there there's certain things they can't talk about. Like um, major decisions regarding the economy and defense um, are are not talked about, um, and or only like sort of like in the like the most trivial sense. So you kind of just um, wait for Momar to just say something about it, like if there's an actual issue well, going on? Yeah, Gaddafi is the one who decides all those things. They don't They don't talk or debate this. Um, okay. it, Gaddafi essentially comes and he gives them suggestions on what to do. Um, there are times where the, the GPC has opposed Gaddafi's suggestions. Um, for instance, uh, at one point Gaddafi wanted primary schools to be abolished and for all children to be homeschooled, but the GPC rejected that. I can just see a giant group of fucking, like, PTA moms being like, you got us fucked up. We are not homeschooling these little um, what, no, one of the ones that Gaddafi, of them with a shoe. One of the ones that Gaddafi up. wanted to push forward um, that he did, despite the GPC opposing it, was to allow women into the armed forces. Right. Uh, 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 and he, he eventually founds, like, an all-woman uh, military academy and, and sort of tells women, like, hey, you should join this. Um, and I believe that's where his, like, female bodyguard detachment comes from. Hey, you should join my military club, but only the hottest get in. <laughs> ladies, it's $5 before 9. Guys, free until 12. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's ladies' night at the recruitment camp. It's ladies' night! The only thing is, is um, you can never leave. And and any time that, the, uh, that these sort of, like, councils, these, these congresses sort of, like, come against him... He calls for snap elections to like new representatives to the to the congresses. I used to do that when I played Tropico. As a matter of fact, <laughs> when people uh, started acting like just assholes, have a like snap election. I, I, you just have like the next election that comes up. You just like murder the people who are you're running against and be like, oh, so here's the election. It's just me on the ticket. <laughs> and because and because Libya has this new system, uh, and everybody is voting, Gaddafi says, you know that. Because every political need is being um, is being taken care of, they don't need other other groups and organizations. So he essentially bans uh, political parties, professional associations, independent trade unions, and women's groups. Okay, uh-huh. all right. Um, all previous legal institutions are abolished, um, and then the the Quran is sort of seen as like the basis for law. Okay, um, and he. They they adopt Sharia law initially, and he proclaims that um, that quote unquote man made laws are unnatural and dictatorial, um, and he only permits the law of Allah. But within a year of this, he backtracks and announces that uh, Sharia is inappropriate, and because it doesn't guarantee the protection of private property. Which so, also goes again. Remember the Green Book, because the Green so Book says like, you know private like property <laughs> Gaddafi looked at all his sweet shit. He's like, God damn it, they keep wanting this. Oh. <laughs> shit. I you cannot I... have this one. This is mine. But the... And, no. And, and eventually, as time goes on, um, Egypt and Sudan become more aligned with the U.S., while Libya becomes more aligned with the Soviet Union because it's opposed to them. Oh, failing. Failing move. You fucked up. There it is. Um, mm. and, in, and in 1978... Um, this is when Gaddafi becomes leader of the revolution as his title. Um, he sort of makes two separate branches of the government where you have the standard branch of the government and you have his revolutionary branch of the government. Right. Um, 
And so he's also, while he's the leader of the revolution, he's also commander in chief of the armed forces. Guy, so he's the president. That was kind of cemented with this whole leader of the revolution title. Yeah. Well, I mean, he already was. It it goes beyond the armed forces, as as we'll see. Okay. Um, so in March of 1978, how bad um, is this gonna get? Jesus. The the government begins um, redistrib- uh, redistributing housing, um, and their their sort of goal is to ensure that every adult Libyan owns their own house. Um, it families are banned from owning more than one house, um, and former rental properties were were sort of taken by the state and then sold to the tenants who lived in them. At a very subsidized price. See, I am I am for both of yeah. those policies, as you just said them, with no additions. And listen, this is literally right out of his green book, um, like, writings. He literally called renting is exploitation on the part of the renter. You're it fucking exploiting your, your the, 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 the landlord is exploiting the tenant. It's I mean, exploitation. It, I mean, it, it is. I mean, at a certain level, it absolutely is. And the fact that there's no regulation involved in most states as far as renting and the prices... Makes it even worse. Yeah, there's no caps on it or anything like that. It just keeps going up every year arbitrarily. It's like... It's just unbelievable. It's probably one of the greatest problems of our time. And the only reason that you don't hear about it all the time is because there's so many other fucking problems. You know? Um, And... And then following that, he also calls upon, in September of that year, he calls upon the People's Committees to eliminate, quote-unquote, bureaucracy of the public sector and, quote-unquote, dictatorship of the public sector. Um, And they took control of, they they essentially nationalized a bunch of uh, companies and convert them into uh, workers' cooperatives. Okay. Uh, Again, you you say a lot of good things, but I'm also like, eh, you know what I'm saying? And then... March 2nd of 1972, he further um, solidifies his sort of division of government um, by creating uh, revolutionary committees um, who operate in tandem with the previously mentioned people's committees in schools and universities and, and in every sort of facet of professional life. Um, members of the revolutionary committees are drawn from the, the people's committees, like j- just sort of like the most ideologically sound in, in their eyes. Um, and, and their goal in society is to sort of um, to perpetuate like a, a fervor of, of revolutionary zeal in the people. Um, and they also surveil on people. Um, and they also eventually take on like a security role um, where they make arrest and put people on trial according to, quote unquote, the law of the revolution. So he, he essentially makes red guards from China, if you're familiar with them. Yeah. They, they're these sort of these these children that were sort of. Um, convinced, you know, that they had to save China by becoming these, like, revolutionary judge, jury, and executioners. And this is sort of what happens in Libya. Um, And this becomes to be referred to as the Green Terror. Mm -hmm. Um, In in 1979 as well, um, they began, like, redistributing land in Libya um, to the people um, so that uh, sort of larger estates are broken up and more farmers um, have land. I mean, and again, like, positives and negatives to all this, where it's like, yeah, like, break it up so all the farmers can have a chance at earning money and having their own land, but it's like, uh, what cost did you do that to? And in, and in May of 1980, 
um, they begin to um, sort of begin to redistribute wealth as they see it. Um, by they take anyone who has a bank account that has over a thousand dinar in their bank account, um, they they see this money taken by the state. And that is where you get that fucking dumb shit that that can that Republicans like to talk about, where it's oh redistribution of wealth. We're gonna take your money. Like God, that's not what that means. But okay, okay. And well, in yeah, I mean, a lot of those types of people take like the most extreme example of something to use as the basis of their argument. So, you know, um, yep. in in nineteen eighty one, um, they announced that they're uh, again that they're gonna take control of all import, export, and distribution functions within the state. Um, and all privately owned uh, markets in the country are replaced by state supermarkets. Um, so this this leads to like a decline in the availability of consumer goods in Libya and also um, a black market building up. Yeah. Um, and, and Gaddafi, again, he presses them on um, on, on sort of building the, his women's uh, academy in Tripoli. Um which is eventually completed in March of 1984. Um, Mm. So while this is all going on, um, he's beginning to gain a lot of enemies, and also sort of world events are also influencing uh, forces within Libya to come against him. No kidding. There's people who don't (laughs) like his actions. (laughs) And and for instance, like the, the Islamic revolution in Iran, when the Iranian revolution kicks off in 1979, um, this sort of influences a lot of Islamists throughout the world, sort of seeing like what they pulled off in Iran that they could do that in their own countries. Um, and also, in, in February of 1978, um, he finds out that the head of his military intelligence was plotting to kill him. Um, so he begins to uh, increasingly put most of his security um, into one tribal group called the, uh, the Kadadfa, which is the tribe that he comes from. So, so he's essentially sort of limiting his, like, his guys are becoming more and more his sort of, like, familiar clan group. This sounds like a dictatorship. Now, you know this what, doesn't sound you know what? Like I think you're, I think you're making a mistake, Ryan. I think, I think really what it sounds like is progressive nationalism, I think. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you sound, you sound like, like a Western running dog of capitalism who doesn't know what it means to live free. Listen, well, I mean, this may just you know, we might we might cast wild aspersions like that, but I mean, I <laughs> I may get hung for my opinions, but this does not sound like the Great Socialist People's Republic of Libya. This sounds like Brian, hey, my name is the Muammar Gaddafi of Libya. There is there is some very weird and very most likely hated person on Twitter who is obsessed with like the Green Book and like Muammar Gaddafi who probably hates you right now, like some weird <laughs> pseudo-tanky who's, like, obsessed <laughs> with We with lost the another Gaddafi, green book king guy. Of kings. The king of kings. Um, so, a lot of these, like, sort of people who are who are being, like, ha- having their livelihood and everything taken them from, from Libyan society, um, they leave the country, they go overseas when they can, um, and they also form sort of opposition groups which are funded by 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 other governments in the West and elsewhere that are opposed to Gaddafi. Um, and what was Gaddafi, the U.S.'s stance on Gaddafi in 1985? They don't like him. Okay. Like, Ronald Reagan treats Gaddafi like Gaddafi is is the equivalent of, like, Saddam Hussein to Bill Clinton. Okay. And, and also remember, Gaddafi was palling around with Yasser Arafat, so we 
definitely did not like him because um, Yasser Arafat well, was he, he also he also contributes to like literally killing U.S. soldiers. So, um, so, so, so you mean like um, so he's got you mean like the very nice man Vladimir Putin? You mean like that guy? <laughs> well, well, even no even more so. We have like, a great relationship. He, no president well, would pal around with Vladimir after the no, well, pre- like, no he, president would ever say that they were good friends and that they had an open line of communication with someone who had never. contracts on the heads of U.S. forces, right? That that was actually you know. not a true story, by the way. Oh, okay. Oh. But but still, Putin's a bastard. I'm about to say <laughs> he, he should, he should still be like hung from the nearest lamppost. Is that really um, not a true story that went on for months? Yeah, it, apparently it wasn't true. To what uh, extent? Okay. By whose reporting is it not true? I've 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 seen it verified that it wasn't like that. The New York Times ran with it, and it wasn't a true. Which is common story. for the New York Times, okay. but yeah, oh, okay, the Times, yeah. Fuck. So, um. Eventually, what happens is is that Gaddafi sort of sees about these groups, um, and, and Gaddafi uh, commands um, the the revolutionary committees who are under this man named Colonel uh, Yunus uh, Bilgesim. Uh, he, he says to quote unquote kill these stray dogs. Um, I'm sorry, his name is Yunus. What is his name again? Yunus Y O U N I S. Okay, and and <laughs> and. And what they do is they set up revolutionary committees overseas, um, and they use them to suppress counter-revolutionaries abroad, um, and also assassinate dissidents against Libya. Nice. Um, and and although All like right. this is I mean, this is man. something that other nations like um, Syria does this uh, today still, um, Israel has done this in the past and still does. Russia. Um, <coughs> R- Russia. Um, while while they do this, they don't actually admit that they're doing it. Um, but Gaddafi is very public about bragging that they're doing this. Get the um, fuck yeah, I offed him. Get the fuck off. And, it, and in 1980, he, he publicly called for all dissidents to be, quote-unquote, liquidated wherever they are. God, li- wait, wait. He used that language, liquidated? Yes. <laughs> the Chad Gaddafi is back. He don't play. <laughs> he don't um, play. So... In, in the late 70s, uh, Gaddafi does sort of try to uh, patch things up with the U.S. Um, under President Carter. Um, and, and he tries to do this by uh, by sort of forming a relationship with Billy Carter. Um, but th- this sort of falls through. And in 1979, uh, Libya is placed on the state sponsors of terrorism list. Which, <laughs> you know, if anyone's going to be on the state sponsors of terrorism list, it's probably going to be the shark tank of terrorism, Libya. <laughs> um, um, Libya uh, is able um, they, they sort of come into clashes with the US um, essentially what keeps happening is Libyan fighter pilots will um, move to intercept US fighter jets uh, over the Mediterranean um, and the US fighter jets will shoot down the Libyan fighter jets is this why Libya was the bad guy in the original Back to the Future yes. because at the time they were the boogeyman and like they were a nuclear power at the time or whatever. Like when they're when they're well, they they weren't. They wanted a bomb. They 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 were never able to develop a nuclear bomb, and they eventually uh, they they eventually give up on it in two thousand three. Oh really? Oh okay. Yeah. Um. So. It, they also moved to improve relations with Syria. Um. Hafez al Assad. Um. The the father of Bashir al Assad. Um, they, they sort of bond over their, their hatred of both Israel and Egypt. 
1980, Gaddafi proposes a, a political union between the two countries um, where Libya will pay off Syria's $1 billion debt to the Soviet Union. Um, or I should say $1 billion pound debt to the Soviet Union. Mm, um, but, but Assad... But Assad will pull out of these deals because um, he, he's essentially um, told that it's not a good idea. Steve, also, that's the uh, other uh, Bashir that I, I believe you know, is Bashir al-Assad. That, that, yeah, I'm, from, I'm familiar with his name. Uh, apparently, he was I would a very say, good uh, I would say that I, surgeon. I would say that I don't know Bashir al-Assad. But I knew, he's the current but I, leader I knew, of Syria. No, no, I don't fucking know him. He fucking twats in the biblical sense. Meaning, like I've never shook the man's hand when he handed me Marlboro Menthol Lights. You know? Marlboro Milds. My, hey, I, hey, I, this was '97. Careful, careful dude. you I say that, Marlboro Steve, because by Lights. the by by the time this launches, those menthol cigarettes might be highly illegal. Yeah, but they Gone. weren't illegal back then. Gone. Um, <laughs> And, and another leader that Gaddafi bonds with in 1979 is the leader of Uganda, um, Idi Amin. Idi Amin. The king, hey, of, the king of Scotland. And, and, and Gaddafi will send um, 2,500 troops to Uganda um, to sort of help them in their war with Tanzania. Um, but, but the Libyan troops fail miserably. Um, 400 <laughs> Libyan soldiers are killed fighting. And, eaten, um, and, and the Libyans are forced to retreat, which is a common trend in Libya's military adventures. Yeah. Um, and eaten? And then th- I feel this is this is very rich. It's Idi Amin. I mean, and, that's true. And Gaddafi, Gaddafi will later regret his alliance with Amin, um, and he he would call Amin, um, quote unquote, a fascist and a show off. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Hang on. I get it. Pot, kettle, black. So as. As we go into the 80s, Libya sees a lot of um, monetary troubles due to its sort of relationship with the rest of the world and also due to how um, oil revenues are going in the world. Well, and also uh, due to Gaddafi's insistence on not embracing MTV. Yes, it's true. <laughs> the people want MTV. And Think he- what Kurt Loder could have done for the Libyan people. Who the fuck are you, Kurt fucking Loder? <laughs> But um, oil revenues in in Libya during the during the eighties, from about eighty two to eighty six, the oil revenues dropped off from twenty one billion dollars to five point four billion. Right. Um, uh, go fuck yourself. I don't care. You're still he also he also begins um, building um, his large agricultural re- uh, infrastructure project called the the Great Man Made River, mm-hmm. um, and. And although he planned on finishing it to um, at the end of the eighties, it's still not finished today. Really, um, it's huh. it's not like completed in its fullest form, but but parts of it are. Um, and he also begins increasing military spending, um, God, while administrative like budgets are cut dig. back. It sounds like the big dig in Boston started in the fucking eighties, still isn't done. <laughs> um, so the it, it it's a very similar project in terms of scope. Like, huh. like, he's essentially building a giant agricultural network for the entire nation of Libya. I mean, it's it's infrastructure week, baby. Let's go. Um, and Libya's foreign debt begins to rise during this period, and he also introduces austerity measures to um, to promote what they call, quote-unquote, self-reliance. Okay. Um, and, in, and in order to sort of, um, to sort of deal with things, in August of 1985, um, they deport... Um, foreign workers, uh, most of them from Egypt and Tunisia, from the country. Okay. 
Um, and also, um, domestic threats begin to rise. Um, there's an attack on his home in 1984 by a militia group. Um, and um, in the aftermath of that, he has 5,000 dissidents arrested. God! <laughs> That's a lot of dissidents. Um, uh, Libya, get him. Fuck Libya get will him. also make forays into Chad. Um, when in 1980, they also reinvade Chad um, with the help of uh, a dissident group in Chad called the F R O I L I N A T. Um, and okay. in, in order to help them in the Civil War, um, and eventually uh, this fails. Um, but it causes an outcry from the Organization of African Unity, which is the precursor to the African Union. Okay. Um, and eventually, too, uh, during this period, in 1984, um, he calls for a political unity with Morocco. Um, remember, not even five years ago, he was, he was like, funding the people that Morocco is, like, fighting and, yeah, and sort of opposing them. Yeah. Um, and they signed the... Uh, the Wijda Treaty, um, which would form a, an Arab-African Union, um, but um, this this sort of uh, falls through eventually, um, and it's all sort of abandoned in 1986. Okay. Um, but what the the biggest thing that that sort of uh, changes Libya is in 1981, um, Ronald Reagan begins to have a hardline approach on Libya. Um, because um, because Gaddafi is sort of like allied with the Soviets, which he goes closer and closer with them, um, even saying at one point that he's going to try to join the Warsaw Pact. Oh, it's a losing team, bro. Um, but um, the Soviets are not really cool with Gaddafi. Like, they know he's, like, unpredictable and extreme, and they don't like him. Like, it's, it's just sort of that thing where, like, if you were in, like, the Soviet Union, like, they, the Soviets, like, distrusted any foreign communist. Like if you were an American and you loved communism, like they were they usually they distrusted their own communists in they, Russia. They were they were like they were instantly suspicious of you, or they thought you were an idiot. So like they they sort of like backed away from you because they knew what was wrong with the system, and they're just like uh, you like our form of government. You are dumb as shit. I do not to be trusted. Yeah, they're like this. This thing's a sinking ship, and like if you aren't doing these for these diamonds, I'm gonna give you for this mission. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> get away from me, man. You, you are, you are Stasi. Get the, get the fuck from around me, man. Bye, bye, um, bye, Felicia. You were looking so for Stasio's. It's cheesesteak place, not uh, <laughs> Russia. It's and, down forty third. Take a right on sixth. It's right there in front of you. you can't right down the and street. What, and what Reagan eventually does is he he sort of like amps up by having uh, military exercises in the Gulf of Sirte. Well, which we're is, gonna go which take is him an down area there off the, the coast of Libya. Gonna take him uh, down to the Gulf of Sirte and do some jumping jacks <laughs> exercises. Um, and, Make sure and, they're wearing the little skivvies too. Yeah, and, and, and if they're that, not wearing their little booties with their shorts, then Nancy's gonna have my hide. And, and during that, they shoot down two Libyan uh, planes um, that that were sort of on an intercept course with the um, American planes. Okay. Fucking um, big dick move right there, huh? Yeah, um, big, big Reagan, old dicky move. Reagan has the uh, Libyan embassy in D.C. closed, um, and he advised U.S. companies to leave Libya um, and, and also implements an embargo on Libyan oil in 1982. Um, and in 1986, ordered all U.S. companies to cease operations in Libya, um, though several hundred of those foreign workers stay in the country because Libya um, is going to double their pay if they stay. 
Oh, shit. Yeah, I'd stay, too. I'm not going to lose my citizenship to the U.S.? Cool, I'll stay. You going to double my pay? <laughs> I'm here. Um, and in, I'm here, baby. And I in 1986, the, the, the U.S. government, uh, the military, again, the, the Navy did exercises in the Gulf of Sirte. Um, the Libyan military moved in to retaliate, um, but they were just sort of like their ships were sunk by um, the, the U.S. Okay. Go uh, ahead and, and get over there and do some more exercises. Do some squats. And, and also, at this time as well, um, relations between Libya and the U.K. have fallen apart um, because Libyan diplomats um, are, are believed to have murdered a British policewoman named um, Yvonne Fletcher, um, who was uh, stationed outside the London embassy. Um, and it's believed that in April of 1984, um, she had seen them, like, murdering a dissident or, or a kidnapping a dissident, and they had they had shot her in order to cover it up, or they had killed her. Um, what? So, so because of that, like, their relationship with the UK is, like, falling apart. Okay. But, but what happens in 1986, a, 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 um, a, a discotheque in Berlin is bombed, and two American soldiers are, are killed in it. Um, oh, fuck. And, okay. And Reagan says that they need to, they need to, like, retaliate militarily, um, and while the, the CIA says that, like, Syria is, like, the greater threat and the most likely target, um, Reagan focuses on Gaddafi because he he knows that Libya is, like, a soft target. Um, is so, this where Reagan may or may not have killed Gaddafi's daughter? Well, and, like, a alleged daughter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know if she even existed. <laughs> and she may or may not have been killed. But people were upset anyway. Yeah, it was his, it was a quote unquote adopted daughter that no one had ever heard of before, and and she had apparently died in this fucking Nestor. This is the case of <laughs> Nestor, but for Gaddafi. Okay, uh, Nestor so, Gaddafi. Except oh, Nestor is Nestor a real Gates. person who's probably done unspeakable things for Matt Gates. Um, Hashtag so, Nestor. So what he does Chick -fil -A is Chick Fil A on Sundays and shit. <laughs> So the U.S., the U.S. and U.K. Um, are, uh, sort of go in against um, international law, and they do what's called Operation El Dorado Canyon, um, which in April 15th of 1986, um, they launch airstrikes on Libya, um, bombing military installations, yeah. um, and, and they kill about 100 Libyans, including civilians. Right. Um, and they also bomb Gaddafi's home, which, um, which injures two of Gaddafi's sons, um, and he claims that a four-year-old adopted daughter named Hannah was killed in the bombing. Right, Hannah um, Anna Gaddafi. Got it. But, but her Gaddafi, her existence is, is is questionable. Hannah Gaddafi. Got it. Um, but but despite the fact that like the U.S. is condemned for this internationally, uh, Reagan gets a popularity boost from this. I like how you say uh, Reagan like you're from fucking Northeast Philadelphia. <laughs> My favorite Reagan president is. ever was Ronald Reagan. <laughs> he just rolls it already. Roll Reagan. Roll Reagan. Um, and and Gaddafi it, it sort of gets a boost from this um, by being an anti-imperialist. That sort of boosts his anti-imperialist credentials. Um, and in June of 1986, um, he orders the names of the month to be changed to um, in Libya in order to to commemorate Libya's struggle. Change the names of the months. Yeah. To what? Like, do we? Like, I mean, obviously, I'm sure we know, but like, what is it? Do we know? Like, right now? Uh, 
I didn't it, I, I didn't see a link to it. Um, it. It didn't go into what they were, but I believe they were related to like Gaddafi and. I think it's been struck Libya. from the record of time. So <laughs> they're like, this is the dumbest fucking thing ever. <laughs> we're gonna of. go ahead and just delete all references. Sorry. <laughs> Good Monday, um, Good Tuesday, <laughs> Good Off Day, Good Wednesday, Good Off um, Day, so Good Offy Day. And in the late '80s, um, in, in order to sort of save their economy, they began um, liberalizing it, um, introducing economic reforms um, in order to like make up for their decline in oil revenue. Okay. Um, so what th- they they begin to say that they're going to begin to reform industry and agriculture, um, and reopen small businesses. Um, the the revolutionary committees are also sort of restricted, um, and in order to sort of prevent them from you know just like going out and like, you know, trying people and and sort of quote unquote extrajudicially like dealing with them. So what you're saying is Gaddafi is trying to make Libya great again. Yes. And it's infrastructure week. Um, he he also releases hundreds of political prisoners in, Very in Libya, nice. and and claims you know that there are no longer political prisoners in Libya, which is which is not true. There are still political I'm a, prisoners. I'm gonna say that's a fucking lie. Okay, there's still um, prisoners in Libya. And, and after after the after the sort of attacks by the U.S., um, he sort of purges the army of of sort of disloyal elements in the army and in the military who are essentially saying like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like. Like, this wouldn't be happening if you weren't doing the stupid shit that you're doing. Um, and he decides in 1988 that he's going to replace the army with a militia. Uh, that's a problem. And in, and, and this also coincides with, in, in 87, they begin producing chemical weapons, um, and they also continue with their attempts to make nuclear weapons. Ah, uh, that's what got Saddam. Why um, do you see but, this? But, Throughout this period as well, um, there, there's sort of like a growing Islamist opposition to Gaddafi. Um, and and there's also several coups throughout this time um, and assassination attempts against him. And in 89, um, there's a bunch of uh, raids on mosques um, by security forces that further inflame um, sort of Islamist sentiments within the country. Um, and throughout the mid-90s as well, um, there are multiple sort of coups against him by the military, Islamists, um, and also just sort of a spontaneous uh, football riot that happens in 1996 in Tripoli <laughs> that is anti-Gaddafi. Just a riot that's anti-Gaddafi in the middle of a goddamn soccer. I'm sorry. Football. And they, they bring back... Um, well, yeah, soccer is a very political sport, so... Sorry, um, Steve. I need you to call it by its lord name intended. Football. Thank you. I already got in trouble for calling it football last week. What? Our last episode. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, so it's because it, you have to say it with an accent so that people understand football. that you're talking about soccer. You say football. football. Yeah. Football, football not football. Uh, football uh, is American. Football <laughs> is not. Um, and football. <laughs> so the, the, the revolutionary committee sort of like come back to combat these the sort of like growing sort of opposition to Gaddafi in society. Okay. Um, but, but what happens is, too, is that he begins to feel the blowback of, in 1988, um, Pan Am Flight uh, 103 um, is blown up over Lockerbie, Scotland, um, killing all 243 passengers and 16 crew members, um, and, and also kills 11 people on the ground. Um, That's not good. 
the the British police identify that two Libyans are involved in this, um, Adel Basset Al uh, Magrahi and Laman uh, Khalifa uh, Falima um, are the the chief suspects in the bombing. And in November of 1991, um, they they sort of issue a warrant and a declaration demanding that Libya hand them over. Um, Gaddafi, of course, refuses this, um, which brings about economic sanctions by the UN. Um, Because the UN imposes uh, Resolution 748 in March of 1992, Mm -hmm. um, and this causes um, $900 million in financial losses to Libya. Nine years later? Uh, real, real quick. Wait, 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 wait. Nine years later? No, over like over a span of of like ten years. Okay, so they imposed regulations in like eighty three. Then, when no, the bombing the bombing happens in eighty eight. Um, they they uh, begin the investigation. They eventually find out in nineteen ninety one that these are the guys that did it. Okay. But in nineteen ninety two, because Libya is refusing to cooperate, the UN steps in and they make a resolution putting sanctions on Libya until I they until they turn board. over the bombers. I am on board. Okay, sorry, Ryan. Um, so my question is, who? First of all, if my memory of flight one hundred three is correct, it was a German. Like, Two forty three. Two forty or Pan Am flight one oh three. Yeah. Yeah. It was so but it was blown up over Scotland, so it's it's But it it's originated under, in Germany. But the flight took off in Scotland. It took off in Scotland? Well I, it the like people were killed in, like the people were killed over Scotland and close enough to the land that people on the land died. Uh okay. So second part of this and more importantly is like I don't agree like obviously with like harboring fugitives and shit like that but that's a ballsy move for British police to be like yo you need to give me the, your two citizens because they committed a crime you well, need to the, give them to me then well that's like, that's, that's what they do real insane to me well that's what of course that's like, gonna be like go fuck yourself well that's like what the Netherlands is doing with the the Russians that shot down the the flight in uh, Ukraine Jesus because that's it that's that's just like how it's handled. To just look at a country and be like, you got to give me them people. Give me, give me them. Yeah, give like, me instead these... of being like, hey, can we work together to get these people to put them on trial? Because look what they did. Instead, it's hey, well, give me them. Well, no, like you're 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 sort of missing the step where I said they tried to do that. They tried to say like, we we believe these are the guys. You need to give them to us. And Libya said no. Uh, and Libya is increasingly saying no. So that's why the UN stepped in. Okay. And said, like, you, you need to do this, or or, uh, or, we'll, or if you don't do this, we're not going to lift these sanctions. Um, okay. Which eventually, these are, um, mo- uh, a, a good deal of the sanctions are, are suspended in 1998, um, when they allow the, the suspects to be extradited um, to what's called the Spanish Court in the Netherlands, um, which is overseen by uh, Nelson Mandela. Done, done, done. Um, this is a plaintiff. <laughs> so, dun, privately, dun, Gaddafi dun. Um, Gaddafi claims that he didn't know anything about this, um, and that Libya had nothing to do with it. Which is um, pat- patently absurd when it comes to anything about Libya. Absolutely yeah, uh, no. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that's that's pretty crazy. But I kind of believe that like it's one of those things that happened. But Gaddafi wasn't the one who ordered it. He was just like he just backed him up. That like, sounds, I like, I sounds like something a Gaddafiite would say. 
It was like a post hoc understanding, if that makes sense. Like after the fact, right? Yeah. That's what post hoc means. After yes. the fact? Yeah. Yes. It was one of those, oh shit, we caused damage. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that was me, Gaddafi. That's your boy. Fuck yeah. Great Britain. Who did this? Do we know? Do we know who did this? And then, and then he just puts, uh, well, I guess it's a little early that, and then he just puts where the hood where the hood at on and just sort where of. Where the hood, where the hood, where the hood at. Just, just starts dancing <laughs> in the middle of his, like, palace. Had a bus uh, with back where the wood at. Oh, fuck, I love the idea of getting off the beat. He just, well, no, he just, he like, just yeah, puts yeah, on. Sure. He just puts on. It was a good day. It just yeah. starts, just starts nodding <laughs> his head to it on his like on his giant nineteen eighties like sound system that was bought with oil money. I have um, a sketch for Elon Musk on SNL tonight. It's he needs to play Gaddafi in increasingly more barbaric terrorist attacks and having to go along with it. Be like, yeah, that was me. Like, oh, you blew up this car with this political dissident? Huh, yeah, that was me. Yeah, I know, right? You know, the car had a baby in it, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, that 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 was that that was me. You know, that baby w- was an orphan. Oh, yeah, that 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 the, yeah. That was that not was me. me. That was not me. No, <laughs> that was not me. Like, how so, long are you gonna go with this? <laughs> so, Gaddafi in the late '90s, he sort of sees that like Arab nationalism is dead. Because most of the remaining, like, Arab nationalist countries are not, like, down with it. Yeah. Like, they're not Syria, Iraq, um, Egypt, they're, they're all just sort of their own thing. They, they don't really follow Ba'athist ideas, and they don't really follow, like, a pan-Arab idea. Mm-hmm. So he begins really obsessed with, like, forming an African, like, like pan-African state, um, which is already um, what the OAU is. But in 2002, he's one of the founding members of the African Union, which he helps sort of, like, create. In 2002? Um, yes. And, okay. and in the opening ceremonies, um, he calls on African states to reject um, conditional aid from the developed, um, from the developed world, um, which, which, is, uh, which is a direct contrast to what the, presi- uh, the then president of South Africa, um, Thabo Mbeki, um, said that they should be doing that. They should just take whatever aid they could get and work with the outside world. So, so Gaddafi is essentially saying, you know, they should be taking money from places like China. It just gives money like no strings attached. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. Um, so in in two thousand five, um, Gaddafi calls for a greater integration of of the African Union, um, advocating for a, an African Union passport, a common defense system, and a single currency. Um, utilizing the slogan, the United States of Africa is the hope. Okay, my man, stop trying to lift off, stop trying to lift America. We already have the United States of America. That's trademark, registered, all that shit. But everyone's like, that. that's, that's fucking crazy. Um, okay, but what he does do in August of 2008 is in a ceremony presided over by other African kings, which, which these are, like, I'm not, like, I don't know all of these kings like firsthand, but from what I do know, whenever African kings come up, is that they're usually incredibly corrupt and they're very prone to working with authoritarian governments. Um, for instance, a lot of the kings in South Africa worked with the apartheid government. Oh, kings um, are 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 yeah, not well, corrupt. Yeah, like local local yeah. kings. Like they're they're yeah. not actually like like kings and like they rule the country proper. But in king, it's like they have the title, they rule over a region or whatever. Yeah, but them being corrupt, the idea of yeah. that, no, I don't buy it. I mean, no, the idea of a totalitarian regime is not different than a king. It's, it's basically the same thing. It's just yeah. churched up. Yeah. Um, so in 2008, he, he has this ceremony 
with all these other African kings where he was proclaimed the king of kings. I'm, I'm assuming he gave them all very, like, good gift baskets for them to come. Um, They're going to get... Listen, we're not going to get anyone to show up if you don't get Harry and David. I already thought that he was the Lord God of the Revolution. What is this guy with his fucking titles, You need to give them Harry and David. They got to get those dry pineapples and delicious cheeses. And after after being proclaimed (laughs) the King of Kings in 2008, in February of 2009, he's properly crowned the the King of Kings in, in Addis Ababa, the, the capital of Ethiopia. Yeah, I've been there. It's Because remember, because remember, Ethiopia <laughs> until the seventies was ruled by a proper emperor, um, Haile Selassie, you know, of of reggae fame. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Rastafarian fame. He's like a. He's almost like a god. We're not going to talk about Haile Selassie. Yes. Right, right. Um. So, in in two thousand one, um, Gaddafi also jumps in on the bandwagon by condemning the September eleventh attacks. Um, oh, good and, for him. And sort of. And, and sort of expressing sympathy for the victims and calling for Libya to become involved in the U.S. war on terror. I specifically remember this, too. Um, and I so, specifically remember being like, wait a minute, I thought he was the bad guy. So, because remember, <laughs> Gaddafi hates... This, this is sort of that thing of, like, why the United States invading Iraq was the stupidest, like, nonsensical thing. Like, when I was in high school, I knew it was wrong. Because from what I had read, I knew that Iraq was, was sort of like an atheist nation that did not like Islamists, which is what Al-Qaeda was, was an Islamic fundamentalist terrorist organization. Yeah, um, from that so, perspective, it made absolutely, from many yes, perspectives, it, but from that from one, every From every perspective. Say, there, yeah. is, there is perspective no perspective where it, makes sense. No. where it makes sense. It is not a shallow attempt at essentially strip-mining a country for everything of value for the neoconservative ghouls in Washington, D.C. So what you're saying it's is funny. that there is a perspective where it makes sense for a very yeah. small number of really fucking shitty shitlords. I mean, yes, if you're completely if you're, devoid of soul, for example. yes, if right, if well, I I would I would put it this way. I realize in, I'm in being sort of, pedantic. I'm, I'm yes, saying. but I would I would say in wrestling terms that you probably have some conservative like barks, and then but but the but sure. the you know the politicians are all in on it. They it's kfab to them, <laughs> like like they say it's the war on terror. But what they really know is that like we need to get that oil. We need to make. Iraq this into, is a work. Into, into Iran 2.0, like like the Shah of Iran, Iran 2.0. Uh, yeah, we've got to get these yet. terrorists who did this. Now watch this drive. <laughs> <laughs> My God, that's Donald Rumsfeld's My music. God, it's a bird. What's the name of that? What's the name of that? Uh, the military guy that everyone was making fun of at the time. Um, Sergeant Slaughter. No, so- Sergeant no, Slaughter. Did, he wasn't in the Iraqi army. What are you talking well, about? Yeah, he was. He was a traitor. Remember? No, but that, 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 all, that was for like six weeks, and then he got his country back. But you are you're you're talking about the the one communications guy. Yeah, it was so funny. Him. He would just be like, "We have thousands of troops ready," and it's like, "Shut the that fuck guy." Up. That guy was literally probably the first meme, like the first internet meme. Yeah, he's really? definitely up there with either that or the Nicolas Cage photo that Daryl posted. Um, so, in 2003, on top of this, um, it, well, uh, ironically, while he's sort of, like, suppressing Islamism in, in Libya, he's also calling for a wider application of Sharia law, um, 
But it's Gaddafi's version of Sharia law. Uh, okay, um, so that progressive nationalism shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and in 2003, Libya renounces its possession of weapons of mass destruction, and it completely shuts down its chemical and nuclear weapons programs. Um, nice. What Star weapons R. of mass destruction did it have? Well, it had it, it had a chemical weapons stockpile. Gaddafi. It was trying to build a nuclear bomb. Um, okay. And so, they they do that. Um, Gaddafi also begins to meet with Tony Blair in 2004, um, and they become sort of like personal friends. Man, he looks like shit um, now. Did you see that picture of him last yeah, week? He looks, yeah, he looks he like, does. uh, Vigo. Yeah, Vigo the Carpathian, that's right. Yeah. The scourge got, of Moldavia. He, yeah, he the like, ruler he of like, Carpathia. He looks like, it looks like that tweet that said he looks like an old poly guy who's into Reiki. <laughs> Um, Here's my and then, girlfriend and her girlfriend and my brother and his girlfriend and her and, wife and, and then, I think your energy channels are way off. They're just way off. We're gonna need to touch them. We're gonna touch your and, energy channels. And the U.S. and um and and UK began to normalize relations with Libya after after 2003 um, by by accepting responsibility for the Lockerbie bombing and they paid. Uh, Two point seven dollars to the families of the victims of when the you bombing. S- when you say Lockerbie bombing, I kind of feel like you're talking about a soccer team that played poorly. You know what yeah, I mean? But, but also, well, I'm, I'm sure the local squad in uh, Lockerbie bombed today yeah. like that. I'm sorry, I, maybe I misheard you. Did you say they paid two point seven dollars, like two dollars? No, billion with oh. a B. I was like, Jesus Christ, you paid him $2.70. Here you go. Uh, go ahead and buy one small Rosenberger's milk for your kid. Don't spend it all in one place. Thank you. <laughs> um, this, is, uh, th- this is the point where um, that where the U.S. and U.K. agreed that they would terminate the, the remaining U.N. sanctions that were on um, Libya. 2006? Uh, 2006 or 2008? Where, where are we at? This is 2003. Okay, okay, we went back. All right. And in, and in 2004, we haven't gone... Yeah, in 2004, um, Gaddafi will go to the EU in Brussels, um, where he'll sort of broker the EU dropping the sanctions on Libya. Okay. Um, and this is also when he begins to sort of stem African migration from Libya illegally into Italy. In 2006, Libya is removed from the state sponsors of terrorism list, um, but Gaddafi still continues on anti-Western rhetoric, um, and he goes to the second Africa-South America summit, which is held in Venezuela in summer of, of 2009, which is hosted by Hugo Chavez, and he calls for a military alliance across Africa and Latin America to challenge NATO. Ooh, I don't think you're going to win that challenge, bro. Um. There, there sort of begins to be a privatization of, of sort of industry and agriculture in in Libya during this period as well. Um, they they begin to reject um, the socialist policies of the Green Book, um, and that um, that they should be sort of forging a um, and what what essentially happens is that there are politicians that disagree with this that they should be forging uh, people socialism instead of capitalism. Um, but because Libya has been um, sort of reconnecting with the outside world, foreign investment is coming in. Um, and for instance, in 2004, um, sort of when they first um, reestablished ties with the U.S. and U.K. Um, and the EU, um, $40 billion of direct foreign investment comes into Libya, which is about sixfold what they had in 2003. 
Um, but the Libyan people are not really happy with the sort of privatization of things. Um, and demonstrations begin in March of 2006. Um, and revolutionary hardliners um, begin speaking out against the changes. 2006. Yeah. And, and in 2010, um, it's announced that, um, that half the Libyan economy would be privatized um, within uh, the decade. Um, but none of this is ever implemented. Uh, mostly for obvious reasons, but that we'll get to. But they never really sort of s- start on it. Um, but a lot of subsidies um, stay in place, um, and agriculture remains to be um, cooperative farming. Farming co-ops. Um, yeah, and and the agricultural bank, which deals with these co-ops, is still state-owned, um, and the state is still very interventionist in um, prices and controls. Of society, the the oil industry also remains um, state owned largely, um, and there's also a lot of price controls over oil and food. Wow! Um, and the state also provides free education, universal health care, free housing, free water, and free electricity. I agree with that. Um, so, Gaddafi is still remaining in control, um, but a lot of the government is devolving more and more in, in 2010 to, like, the municipal councils. Um, I think it's mostly because Gaddafi's getting old and he's becoming obsessed with becoming the king of Africa. That, that he's sort of, like, losing sight I have on been controlling the day-to-day operations. for 40 years. <laughs> um, so a lot of reformist um, technocrats sort of come into higher positions in the government, um, one of which is Gaddafi's son, um, an expected heir, um, uh, Saif al-Islam Gaddafi, um, who is openly critical of Libya's human rights record and wants to sort of make a new constitution. Um, but eventually what happens is is that Saif founds like sort of a, a private media company in order to promote tourism to Libya in 2008, um, but the government nationalizes it in 2009 because they feel he goes too far in criticizing the government. Oh, you talk too much shit. Give me that. That's mine. That's mine now. I'm sorry. Can we um go back to this kid's name is Saif Al Islam? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh his his first name was originally Cat Stevens. <laughs> yeah. Because that's uh that's Cat, Yusuf Cat Stevens Al- Gaddafi. Yusuf Al Islam is Cat Stevens' new name. So. Yeah. <laughs> he he he's was he was Cat Stevens Gaddafi. You know he was. He, would, he used to play a lot of, you know, like, standards. Where is the sun? Where's the Pan-African <laughs> Union Day? <laughs> so, when the Arab Spring kicks off in, in 2011, um, Gaddafi is very, like, go. supportive of his fellow uh, dictators, and he supports the Tunisia president, um, Zine al-Abidin Ben Ali, um, who, who's like sort of at odds with the color revolution that's broken out in this country. Um, Gaddafi suggests to him publicly, you know, that, that Tunisia's people would probably be more satisfied if he introduced a system like Libya's, a, a Jamaharia system. Um, so Gaddafi is, is actively afraid that the same thing's going to happen that's happening all over the Middle East is going to happen in Libya. Um, so he begins um, reducing prices on food. Um, he begins purging the military leadership, um, and he also begins releasing Islamist prisoners as like a show of like good faith, like a um, show of support. Okay. But but all of this is ineffective because 
By February 17th of 2011, major protests have broken out against the Gaddafi government. <laughs> Psych! <laughs> Thanks oh, for oh, the fucking free food, bro. <laughs> a, a lot of this is is sort of um, dissatisfaction with the system, um, which is full of corruption um, and, and patronage, and also the fact that unemployment in Libya at that point had reached 30%. Something that I have heard of, if unemployment... In distrust of the government, reach roughly thirty percent. That that's what's called the cool zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, the, the Arab Spring is definitely the coolest you, zone. Ryan. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, Gaddafi tries to defame the the these sort of protests, saying that the people have been drugged, and that they are that they are um, puppets of Al Qaeda. Um, and that Gaddafi claims drugs, Jesus. And, and Gaddafi will claim, you know, they're they're smoking the reefer, the the Mary Jane. It's driven them wild. Uh, so so Gaddafi proclaims that he will, that he will die as a martyr Samson. rather than be overthrown. Okay. Um, he he announces that he wants them. He wants the protesters and rebels, quote unquote, hunted down street by street, house by house, and wardrobe by wardrobe. And he orders the army to open yeah. fire on the protests in Benghazi, which kills hundreds. Queer eye for the Libyan guy. Just six gay Libyans come right in and check out your <laughs> wardrobe. So, <laughs> as as this is going on, members of the government are shocked, and they uh, uh, many senior politicians and, and generals sort of immediately defect to the protesters. No shit. A lot of the people carrying out these attacks, too, are, are foreign mercenaries. Um, and this um, this uprising sort of um, is mainly based in the um, in the economically developed eastern half of Libya, um, where where sort of times are tough. There's a lot of people unemployed. Um, the western side of Libya is generally considered to be uh, the Gaddafiist um, sort of area. Gaddafiist. Uh, How do you spell by that? The end are of there February, two eyes or is it one eye? Is it Gaddafiist? <laughs> I think it's one eye. Okay. Yeah, Gaddafiist, um, the superlative. So, so by the end of um, February, so within two weeks, um, all the major cities in, in eastern Libya are controlled by the rebels. Um, and this government uh, pops up in Benghazi called the National Transitional Council, um, which is the, the current modern government of Libya. You said this popped up where? In Benghazi. Shout out to Valrat. You know, where, where, where Helldog <laughs> killed all those American two soldiers personally. in a row, Valrat. <laughs> Where Hill Dog laid in her king size bed in her in her multi million dollar mansion, and these 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 true patriots, these active duty American soldiers, personally texted Hillary Clinton herself and said, "Help us." <laughs> and and attack. using her and, and using she, her MSN.com email address, she, she sent them a reply. L O L. Period. Blow it up. Her, her feet. Her feet rested on her personal email server. Unbelievable, dude. She had like a little like um, Linux email server in there at hilldog.net. It was on, it was over pop three too, so it wasn't even encrypted. Everyone could read it. <laughs> Alex Jones has the transcripts. He was reading them on shortwave half an hour ago. But no one's ever so, done anything about it. That's there were no full Senate investigations that happened three times. Two times? Three times. Yeah, she yeah. she didn't go in front of the Senate. What was it? 18 yeah, that never happened. Like None that. of that ever happened. Right. Um, so, initially, <laughs> a lot of people believe that Gaddafi's government is going to win because they have the superior firepower. 
and both sides of the conflict are like ignoring every law of war and they're just like committing atrocities um and but what happens is is in march the u.n security council declares a no-fly zone um to perfect the civilian population from aerial bombardment and they call on foreign nations to enforce it because remember regardless of what conservative 2011 dude this is 2011. So regardless you, of, of you what, this? no. So oh, dude, so regardless of of what conservative cranks tell you about the United Nations, it's the most toothless organization on the face of the planet. Um, they got nothing. So um, So they begin to call it, um, and, and eventually, what happens is is that Qatar, um, along with France and the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, um, they send troops to support the dissidents. Um, and they provide weaponry and military training to the NTC. France mainly does this because uh, France is kind of like the bastard of Africa in that they are, there's like a lot of what tankies like accuse the U.S. of doing, which the U.S. rightfully does a lot of times, like France is just as bad in Africa. Like France normally overthrows like governments of like African countries to secure like French paper companies and stuff like in Cameroon recently. Yeah, so, they're pretty bad, man. Like, I hate when people, like, hate on the French as far as, like, a, a military just because of World War II, considering the fact that they are largely a very successful empire. So, yeah. like... Yeah, this is this is just France being an imperialist nation. They step in to support and sort of prop up the regional, like, currency because they're afraid that if, that if Libya, like, turns into Syria, that that Libya, it's going to drag down all of North Africa with it and, and sort of like Saharan Africa. So they don't want that to happen. So they go in, um, and NATO announces that they're going to enforce the no fly zone. Um, and on April 30th, a a NATO airstrike kills Gaddafi's, um, sixth son and three of his grandsons in Tripoli. Um, in June of, of 2011, the, um, the ICC, um, issues arrest warrants for Gaddafi, the internet um, chess son, club? Uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's the international chess club. Sorry, it's the internet yeah. chess club, bro. I mean, I was on there for a while. You know, they they, they issued a warrant for Bobby Fischer, for Gaddafi. Oh, Bobby um, Fischer would blue. definitely chill with Gaddafi, dude. He would be, like, in the yeah, same I, I room would not be surprised. as Gaddafi. I would, I would not be surprised if, like, he got invited to, like, Gaddafi's I to, like, play chess with him or absolutely something. guarantee it happened. Like, I, I don't know. Was it you guys that I learned Bobby Fish that I got milkshake ducked by Bobby Fisher? Was it, you it was probably, it was oh, probably yeah, me because Bobby, Bobby Fisher yeah. is probably one of my favorite. I'm terrible at chess. I've just accepted the fact that I'm never going to be really good at it. Um, but I like playing it, and I love the lore of it. And uh, I've definitely yeah. spouted off about Bobby Fisher on here before. I'll send you some YouTube videos okay. if you want to hear some like really real stories about him because he lost his fucking mind at some point. <laughs> anyway, I was gonna say I don't know anything about him except it's for the fact that he was a chess extraordinaire. He's probably the best. Like if we're really talking about everything in chess, he's probably the best chess player in history. I mean, you could you could make arguments for Magnus Carlsen and all the the newer chess players, but if you ask them to narrow it down, if you forced them into a corner, they would say Bobby Fischer. Um, really? Yeah. So his his brother in law, the the state of security Abdullah uh, Sanusi, is also um, issued a warrant, um, and and these are for crimes against humanity. Okay, yeah, that's, that's um, your okay. average warrant. In, in, ju- in, 
in July of, of 2011, um, over 30 governments recognized the NTC as the legitimate government of Libya. Um, and in August, the Arab League uh, recognizes the NTC as the legitimate representative of the Libyan state. So basically, they, they're looking at Gaddafi like, who are you, bro? Yeah, they're like, you're, you're not the leader anymore. Gotcha. Um, okay. So um, NATO supports the rebel militia as they, as they push westward. Um, they're able to defeat uh, loyalist armies and secure control of the center of the country. Um, a, a lot of the aid, too, also comes from um, from Berber peoples who were sort of oppressed by um, the Gaddafi government um, because th- they don't speak really Arabic, and, and Gaddafi was sort of like oppressing them, trying to Arabize them, um, sort of like how the Kurds are in Turkey. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. Without this NATO right. air cover there, and, and the aid, you really can't make a, a solid uh, poutine in Turkey because of the Kurds. <laughs> I can't <laughs> um, Terrible. So, a, a lot of the like, the rebel armies probably would not have succeeded without the aid of like NATO and and France and Qatar and the UAE. Um, yeah. So. They they eventually push it to the point where the only um, the only towns in Libya that that Gaddafi really controls is um, is Bani Walid, um, Sebha, and Sirt. Um, so these these cities are still remain under Gaddafi's control. Um, but eventually, what happens is that as Tripoli falls, um, he retreats to uh, Sirt, um, and he announces his willingness to negotiate with the transitional government. Um, mm-hmm. But the NTC refuses to negotiate with him at this point because he's already killed like, like thousands of people. Yeah, he's and he's also. So I feel like we're 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 closing in. So I need I need you to get like dramatic with this because I feel like this he's about to be done for. So so Gaddafi he surrounds himself with his bodyguards. He he moves from residence, uh, residence to residence to sort of escape um, the the NTC shelling his homes, um, and and he sort of spends his last days. Um, sort of reading the Quran and, and praying. Uh, Ooh, boy, he ain't gonna save you now, boy. You done fucked up. It is too late, sir. <laughs> in, on, in October 20th, uh, Gaddafi, um, he attempts to escape Sirt um, in a in a military convoy combined with uh, civilian Gaddafi loyalists and military vehicles, um, hoping to take refuge in a region called the Jareff Valley. Um, at around 8.30 a.m. that morning, NATO bombers destroy at least 14 vehicles in the convoy, killing at least 53 people. God, the, the convoy you in- rolling up on that convoy and thinking you just destroyed, like, a regular old military convoy or whatever, and you find fucking Muammar the Chad Gaddafi in that bitch? Yeah. So, in, oh, the, in the chaos man. and the destruction of the bombing, the convoy scatters, um, and Gaddafi and his closest, um, closest confidants... Um, Phil, they they Bill, flee to a nearby Jeff. villa, um, which is then shelled by rebel forces. Um, they flee then to a construction site where Gaddafi and his inner circle um, hide inside drainage pipes um, while his bodyguards battle the rebels. Um, so he's hiding in a drainage pipe, and the people that are supposed to protect him are. Oh, hiding. how the mighty he's have he's fallen! Hiding. He's um, hiding like a coward. And Gaddafi, in the fighting as well, um, he receives head injuries from, from a grenade. Um, and his defense minister... How old is he uh, when he receives Bakir these? Yunus Jabir is How killed. old is he when he receives these head injuries? He is pretty old. He's older than that, I think. I think he's in his 70s. 70s? 
He was born in 1942, so he was he was between. Because remember, we don't know his real age, so he was around 68 to 69 years okay. old. Okay, it's almost 70. Now you were right; it was 60s. <laughs> um, so he's injured. Um, the the militia is able to take him prisoner. Um, they they cause serious injuries to him as they apprehend him. Oh, um, yes, and they all do. of this is filmed. <laughs> yes, all of this is filmed do. from a mobile phone. Um, uh, Gaddafi Ooh. is is poked and stabbed. Um, in the is that anus. That what you call it? Poked and stabbed. He is he is sodomized <laughs> with an object, and possibly a knife or bayonet. Let's keep it. Let's keep um, it. Let's go. keep it PG, okay? Because I rate the podcast R, so let's let's keep it PG. Um, right, so he's, he's eventually he's eventually yeah. thrown onto the back of a uh, thrown onto the front of a a pickup truck where he uh, his body falls off as they drive away. Okay. So, so they essentially run like, him over after. Did they, they do it like comically? The like three clowns, fucking shit, or three stooges? Is that shit just ever. comical? Like kind of like Homer, like trying to jump to Springfield Gorge? Like, <laughs> well, no, like he's 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 probably he's he's probably got like at least a concussion or in shock from a grenade blast. They've been they've been ramming a bayonet up his asshole, and then they throw him on the roof. Uh, the tr- um, who the, among the us? Of a, a truck, and then they. They run him over as they drive forward. Oh my uh, some jackass level. All right, shit. so when does he? When's he? <laughs> it's bad. When does he Jira. die? Um. So his 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 body is is placed into an ambulance and he's taken to a nearby city of Misrata, where upon arrival he is declared dead. Um. The official accounts by the NTC claim that he was caught in crossfire and died from bullet wounds. Of course. Um. But that um. I, uh, eyewitnesses from the killing claim that he had been shot in the stomach by the rebels, um, probably to make it um, more painful. Um, yeah, because you're not going to die immediately. You get shot in the stomach. You, you'll live for a little while. Um, one of his sons, uh, Mutasim, was also with the convoy, and he was um, he got the same treatment, um, and he was found dead several hours later, um, probably from a similar style of execution. Um, from the people in the convoy that were rounded up, there were 140. It's a rough way to die, like um, on the birth cif- on the death certificate. It just says butt wounds, you know. It really is, yeah. yeah. Um, Sixty six of them were were corpses of the 140 that were pulled from the convoy. Oof. Um, Oof. And then uh, those were later found at a at a nearby hotel, having been um, summarily extraditionally executed. Was it was um, it like an accord uh, hotel? <laughs> it, I'm Tom Bodette. The court of Bodette. Howard Johnson's going. A judge, a judge wearing a sparkling bow Don't worry. We'll leave the, the light on for you, even though your lights are going out. And then he just and a court hotel. pulls the trigger. And a court hotel. <laughs> um, so don't, don't worry the, about any butt the trauma the NTC, you get at this uh, hotel. Prime Minister Mahmoud Jabril, he publicly announces the death of Gaddafi. Um, Gaddafi's corpse after that is placed in a freezer in a local market um, alongside the corpse of his brother-in-law um, and, and his son. Um, and they're publicly displayed for four days um, where Libyans from all over the country come in order to view the, the dead bodies. That's how you do it. We ain't full of shit. Here's his body. You got four um, days to come see Footage of Gaddafi's death are broadcast... Um, uh, across the world, um, and in response, um, uh, in October twenty fourth, Jabril announces a commission to investigate Gaddafi's death. 
because um, remember they, the government officially said you know that he that he died you know in combat and not that you know this guy was like tortured to not death. from butt wounds um, and stomach wounds yeah. belly wounds and butt wounds not not from a seven style killing um, <laughs> now it's in the box on and then um, on October 25th um, the NTC announced that Gaddafi had been buried in an unidentified location in the desert okay and that is and that is the end of Momar Gaddafi. A man, a Chad of many contrasts. Oh my god, he's terrible. So the the original crazy asshole. He's just like all over the place. Would you say that he started with good intentions for his people? I I, I just think he was like I think he was well one thing I think he's kind of like a cult leader. Well, he believed, you know, that he was this sort of messianic figure, yeah. but like he sort of like a cult leader rationalizes him, like because because I, I kind of believe that most cult leaders are sort of sociopathic. Yeah. Um, that, that and I I believe he was probably a sociopath, and it was just sort of this idea that you know because he's 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 taking on all these burdens for not only his own country but for the world, for Africa, for the people of Ireland, for all these other oppressed peoples by like arming and training their liberation movement so they too can be free that, that he sort of rationalizes living in opulence and having like J-Lo come and perform at his like birthday party right. <laughs> Jenny from the block alright and with that he's dead with that, that. I'm out later bye bye